0: This is Dojo Live, tech without borders, stories that bring us together. Welcome to another episode of Doja Live this Thursday, April 6th, 2023. My name is Kim Lantis, and it's my pleasure, as usual, to be co-hosting along with America Guerrero today. Hi, America. Hello, everybody. We're wearing a uniform today. Yeah, similar. (laughs) I'm all about the stripes. I'm all about the stripes. I love it. That was not planned.
1: I I didn't get the memo.
0: (laughs) Mahesh, our guest of honor today, did not get the memo. Sorry, Mahesh. Next time you join us on the show, we'll be able to tip you off on what what that uniform is to look like. Um, Everyone listening, we're really excited to be talking with Mahesh Baxi today, who's the co-founder and CEO of Provis. Uh, Mahesh, thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Thank you so much for inviting me. It's a pleasure.
0: Yes, it's gonna be a really great conversation as we dive again into artificial intelligence. It's been all over the place. It's not going to be going anywhere, but it's always fun to see the different applications. And today it's about services quoting. But before we get into those details, we would really like to know your story, your passion, and sort of what's led up to the co-founding of Provis. Please share.
1: Wow, that's a that itself could take many hours, but I'll try to shorten it. So uh, first of all, thank you so much uh, for having me on the show. It's it's great and great pleasure. Uh, looking forward to the conversation. Um, I've been in the industry, IT industry, close to 30 years now. And a good part of my professional life I've spent in the domain called Code to Cash. Um, right? And my Code to Cash journey started back in 2001. Uh, started that journey with a company, uh, which was dealing with enterprise contract lifecycle management. Then I worked for a company which was into pricing optimization, and then I was the first employee of a company called Aptus, which was a category defining when it comes to uh, code to cash uh, for the product companies. And um, I led customer success and professional services uh, for uh, for Aptus and uh, as things progressed uh, y- you know not only we defined that code to cash category but actually we solved a really complex um, y- you know problems for the enterprises right the mid-market to enterprises when it comes to the product cpq and basically taking that entire cycle as it's called code to cash and how do you configure your product how do you basically price your product uh, and then you know basically go through the proposal motion and then invoicing billing all of that kind of stuff now the funny thing is, um, you know, while running professional services and customer success for Aptis, I was doing my entire business on Excel spreadsheets, Word documents, and email approvals. Right. So here is a product CPQ company. We are selling our solution to the customers, but to enable those solutions, enable our product for our customers, we would do the entire business on Excel spreadsheet from a services standpoint. Right. So um, so uh, phenomenal journey, fantastic outcome. And then when I came out of Aptis, um, you know, uh, me and one of my uh, co-founders, Stavan, we were chatting about, you know, what's next uh, for us. And uh, Stavan's background is basically just like how I have been on the product side and running customer success, professional services. I've been an entrepreneur myself. I've done engineering product, you know, so I've been more of a generalist. Uh, Stavan actually spent all of his professional life working for large services companies, such as Infosys, Edison, Larsen and Tubro, and, and so on and so forth. And, and so we were chatting and we were like, what's next for us? And we were going through a variety of different ideas and, and obviously the deep uh, you know, uh, industry domain background when it comes to quote to Cash finally came down to hey you know you have been spending your uh, entire life in services i've been a customer success leader and look around you know while there are product cpq companies out there there is nothing that actually solves the same problem when it comes to services right and so so that's how the idea of provost was born but hey you know every founder likes to think that you know the idea that they have is a fantastic one and and so we didn't want to just like okay let's let's do that we actually spoke to uh, about 30 different companies of different size and different industries and you know 96% of those responses said we do our entire services business on excel spreadsheets and that includes companies which are big fives uh, you know i don't want to name them uh, companies which are mid tier companies that are smb um, and it was just absolutely absolutely encouraging for us to see that response right and and so that basically was like our aha moment like hey you know our backgrounds uh, and our domain is is so relevant and look at this while while companies such as aptus and salesforce uh, you know created the the product cpq uh, uh, space and quote to cash space for the product companies there wasn't any really credible solution that would cater to mid-market to enterprises when it comes to services coding. So so that's how we actually started um, services coding. It's a two year plus journey now, an amazing journey. We'll talk more about the journey, but um, extremely well-funded. Uh, we did two rounds of funding. We have paid customers now, uh, amazing product that caters to enterprises um, and absolutely happy customers that we have right now.
0: I love it, congratulations. And for me, I think one of my biggest takeaways I've got a couple takeaways just from your story. And the first one that intrigues me is the what ne- what's next question. I think that speaks very well to your character and, and people like you, that entrepreneurial spirit that most people I don't think have. Like, I don't think we have that ability or just that need to ask that question. I think it's a really, really great question. Um, and then of course, always your introspection of looking at what do I know? What do you know? What makes sense? And then we've seen this a lot until July the the, the market fit right is there yeah. a need and then you established it and here you are two years in but it sounds like super successful so let's talk specifically to Provis now we know it's a services quoting tool but what ex- how does it work exactly what's the problem you, you you highlighted the problem but how does it work what's the problem that you're solving here getting folks away from Excel
1: yeah <laughs> yeah so let's let's dive deeper <laughs> into that yeah I mean Excel is a great tool right I mean everyone at some point in time starts doing everything on excel spreadsheets and there's nothing wrong with it excel excel gives you a great deal of flexibility and and easy way to get started but as as you grow as as things you know progresses as you have more people you know more processes you know it just doesn't scale and then you end up Uh, Leaving with Excel spreadsheets just because, you know, maybe there is no credible alternative like Provost that you haven't come across, or um, maybe you are emotionally attached to Excel spreadsheets. And we have run across those customers, too. Like, hey, you know, I've spent I I started working on these Excel spreadsheets and now it's, you know, 18 different apps and one mile long Excel spreadsheets. And I'm kind of married.
0: Or the inability (laughs) to ask what's next. Right. Like we get comfortable. It's what we know.
1: Exactly. So, but what we do, uh, Kim, uh, is, is really, if you think of uh, a different industry segments, right, so we cater to a, a lot of different industry segments, to name a few, uh, we go after what we call the professional services industry segment. Um, and then I'll talk about the other industries. But to explain what exactly we do is, if you think of a professional services company, such as Salesforce, such as Aptus, where, you know, uh, we, we had a product but we had uh, we uh, had services uh, arm to enable the implementation of that product for our customers to start the uh, adoption journey because you know when it comes to any product companies especially saas product companies it's all about how quickly and effectively you enable your customers uh, to use your product right so uh, so now when you are when you are providing that professional services for the product uh, that you are selling how do you know you know, what's the scope? How do you know how much it's going to cost, right? Just because your product is, you know, you're selling at million dollar doesn't necessarily mean that your service is half a million dollar, right? It could be 100K, it could be 1.5 million, uh, depending on what the scope is. Now, this is where the slippery slope in today's world uh, how most of these companies do an Excel spreadsheet starts, which is to even figure out whether it's a half a million dollar services or a million dollar services, you have to start the process with the sales team. And sales teams are not necessarily delivery experts, but they they typically uh, know what are the five, and high level questions that I need to ask so that I can get into the ballpark. Right. And maybe the ballpark gets you between 400 and 600 K. But as you know, and if, if that's fits the need for of the customers, then customer will say, okay, I need to know the exact scope. I need to know how it's how much it's going to cost. I need to know what are the resources, what is the timeline, you know, all of that stuff. And typically it's a mess when you do all of these things on Excel spreadsheet, which is where Provost comes in. So what we do is once you start your opportunity, And you are at a stage where you know know what you are selling, but now you need to also figure out what is the services component. Uh, Proverse basically automates that entire process right from the scope discovery that the salesperson people are doing to uh, you know go through all of the details of you know how many approval processes do you have how many you know templates do you have how many instances you have uh, what are you trying to automate what are the integration points right or anything and everything that affects what's the what we call the scope which is the foundation of any services that you are providing right so we actually help capture the foundation which is the scope through what we call our estimator now, great. I mean, now you, you have a consistent way that every salesperson and every delivery person is answering those questions uh, in a systematic format. And and now you have something which is what we call the rough order of magnitude. Now, if that looks great, then they start the journey uh, into what we call the quoting lifecycle, right? The quote is basically, you can call it SOW, you can call it proposal, but at the end of the day, you have to provide a commercial a document uh, to a customer, which basically states what's the scope of the work, what are the resources that you are going to have, how long it's going to take, where these resources are going to work from, what's the price, in all that stuff. So we actually have an end-to-end, uh, you know, process where in the quoting lifecycle, you on you you generate your baseline quote, and you can actually generate a very professional-looking SOW or proposal document that you can put in front of the customer. Now, all of that sounds still great, and that's something that we automate, but guess what? I mean, you know, no customer is like eager saying that, okay, give me your document, and I'm ready to sign on the dotted line. It doesn't work like that. That's where the more messiness, uh, uh, you know, in today's process, Excel-based process comes in, which is what, uh, you know, the main pain, pain point that we solve, which is customer will come back and say, well, this looks great, but, you know, I don't have a half million dollar budget. I can only spend 400K, Right. What do you do? Well, what you do is I can give you twenty percent discount and get to four hundred k. Great, but services business is all about how do you maximize your revenue and most importantly, how do you optimize your margins? Because unlike the product CPQ, services business is all about how do you maximize your revenue and optimize your margin. And and so when you are going to give that twenty percent discount, you are actually uh, underselling all of your highly sellable resources right because you have project managers and solution architects and you know all of those resources are highly sellable because maybe you you have 100 other deals going on and you know maybe you can sell uh, or or you know do those deals at a 300 dollars an hour why do you want to give them at 200 dollars an hour on this deal but in excel spreadsheets you never have those visibility the second messy thing that starts with excel is to, to uh, cater to customers' needs, what do you do? You start copying Excel spreadsheet as version 2, version 3, version 4, version 5. You know, One of our customers actually told us um, you, you know, uh, that, that they have uh, 55 different versions of Excel spreadsheets by the time they're done with the negotiation, right? So, so all of that is something that we do uh, as, as part of our uh, product. We completely automate the entire uh services quoting life cycle right from your scoping all the way till your sow or proposal is is approved and and signed
0: wow so it sounds to me like it's not just about maximizing revenue but also minimizing risk i mean if we're talking about 55 different versions of something you and several hands in the pot right i imagine that there's occasions where what i thought the quote was and what you thought the quote was and ends up not being the same thing and then you have to spend time and resources to figure out that mess as well. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, we are built on, currently we are built on Salesforce, natively built on Salesforce platform. Um, we, you know, in this process, uh, we actually fill the gap, the white space which sits between your, uh, you know, sales opportunity life cycle and your backend invoicing, billing, and, you know, project management processes, right? So we actually sit right in the middle, we integrate with your uh, upfront, front-end, you know, uh, sales opportunity systems such as salesforce sales cloud or or you know netsuite crm or any other crm and on the back end uh, we actually integrate with any of the leading psa tools such as you know mavenlink and kimball and netsuite and in fact netsuite we are partners with netsuite um and and that enables the entire lead to cash uh, motion for your services which is the missing piece today in in all of the enterprises uh, when it comes to process transformation
0: it's really beautiful. It seems to me
2: that we actually have a question come in from uh, a viewer, Antonio. I have it here, Antonio Suna. Hello, do you live? Loving the uniform, Mahesh. Is your product easy to integrate with ERP and CRM systems? And how does it? How does? How does this impact your clients' operations?
1: Antonio, that's a great question. Thank you so much for asking that question. Yeah, absolutely. I think you know. Uh, as you can imagine, in the services coding automation, um, you know you are almost always going to initiate this process from your CRM because you know all of these companies and customers that we are talking about uh, would have automated their sales cloud, which is which is where the opportunity uh, starts. Right now, from this opportunity, in fact, what we uh, what we have built and what we allow customers to do is if you're a salesperson, you may not have in-depth knowledge of what are the different kinds of services that we should include as part of our offering to the customers. And and these days, the services business is only getting more and more complex and complicated in terms of different kinds of things that you have to do on back of really doing a process transformation for your customers, which means that hey, is it okay if I just give you implementation services or should I include managed services, support services, education services, and content services? Well, if I'm a great salesperson, I might include all of them. If not, I'm like, okay, you know, I don't know. Let me just go with implementation services and, and see where it goes. So in the, in the CRM itself, not only that we integrate, but we have um, AI-led recommendation engine, which looks at your historic data and say okay you know for this kind of customer for this kind of industry um, you have been able to successfully not only sell implementation services but you've been able to sell other types of services and here is the recommendation for you to include all of those services now some of those services could be package services some of those services could be custom services which is where you have to go through the entire scoping and estimation and all that stuff right but all of that can be initiated through opportunity which is where the tight integration with crm comes in but as you go along um, you can hand hand off the detail part of your discovery and scoping to the delivery teams because the sales teams may not uh, want to get involved in the detail discovery but as the delivery teams are working through the proposal we actually keep that tight integration with opportunity so that your forecast uh, is is accurate uh, you know through the process now, once you go through that entire process of, uh, you know, uh, the, the coding lifecycle in our system, we actually integrate with, like I talked about NetSuite or PSA tools, right? We integrate with those tools to make sure that you, are, uh, you have visibility into what's coming through the pipe you can actually automatically create your project object with all of the resources, the work breakdown structure and everything that you have negotiated with the customers. And all you have to start doing in your ERP or you know, the, the PSS systems is start allocating those resources. And those resources as the project progresses will just start, you know, assigning uh, the timesheets and stuff like that. Right. And I'll talk about what we do from there on as, as we go along. But the answer to answer uh, Antonio's question, absolutely. I mean, we almost always integrate with front end, you know, uh, s- uh, CRM systems and uh, the back end fulfillment systems of sorts.
0: Nice. And, and I think this is a really great segue into what was coming next in my question, because the topic that you, you chose, of course, is the future of service coding and using AI to maximize revenue, which I think we've already touched on quite a bit. Um, and the simplification, right? How service companies yeah. can simplify selling with AI and automation. So let's talk a bit more to the AI piece. You you mentioned there's the AI component that can tip people off in in histories, right? With with client types or deal types and you know what perhaps to offer and things like that. How else are you utilizing AI with this or the yeah. automation
2: component?
1: That's a great question. So multiple ways. So the one example I talked about is, hey, you know, right at the front end of my sales process, um, our AI engine is telling you uh, what are the services that you are better off selling and not only what are the services that you should include in your proposal, but based on all of your historic data and, and our modeling that we have done, it tells you what are your chances of successfully selling these services? So that's just one example that we talked about. Let's talk about the second example. Now, what happens is in a complex mid-market to enterprise environments, your deal is a fairly complex affair, which means that it's going to be a multi-year deal, which means that it's going to probably have 50, 60, 70, 100 resources. Those resources could have different resource mix. Those resource mix can come from different locations. And all of that may have uh, many different factors, including the the productivity, the utilization, and how your entire structure uh, for that deal is going to be. Now, you know, with ProWest, not only that you can do your baseline creation of a multi-year deals, but where uh, AI comes in is it's like hey you know customer like the example we were talking about earlier hey it's a 10 million dollar deal but customer you know wants to do it for 9 million right that's the budget that they have now again we talked about discounting but where our ai comes in is ai actually looks at all of that data which is the multi-dimensional aspect of what we deal with which is your scope your resources, your productivity, your resource locations, resource mix, where these look, you know, resources are located, all of that stuff. And basically come back and say, you can ask the system saying that, Hey, what can I do for 9 million? I I have a budget of 9 million, which is the revenue seek uh, goal that you are looking for. System will look at all of these multi-dimensions and give you a scenario, which is basically closer to 9 million and say, here is what you should do in terms of scope. Here is the resource mix. Here is you know the locations of those resources, and it automatically maximizes your revenue potential, which is clo- getting closer to nine million. But it mm-hmm. actually helps you optimize your margins by you know analyzing all of that data. And and this is—it's well, not this just is giving like-
0: you a discount; it's helping you to better utilize the resources that you have
1: exactly. and
0: to rearrange the entire proposal.
1: Exactly. Like and if which you want is- nine
0: million, I'm not just going to give you a ten percent discount what we're going to we can do this instead
1: absolutely Absolutely. okay
0: it totally makes sense yeah continue i'm sorry i didn't mean to interrupt you or america i think you do have a question as well no i'm
2: just thinking that with ai i'm just thinking that replacing for example the with that um with that help you're kind of replacing the operations team to see if that is possible right so i'm curious how companies when they hire this kind of services are ready to accept that this kind of technology is going to replace the operation system uh, team sorry yeah. i don't know uh-huh.
1: well yeah so the way we like to uh, what we have seen and the way we like to put it uh, america is really we are not replacing operations team we are actually enabling them to make faster better and efficient decisions right uh because again it's, it's not the intent is not to replace operations team i think they are doing amazing job it's a very very um intense Uh, you know, job when it comes to this multi-year deals and how you structure the deals and stuff like that. So I don't think any system can really replace the operations. But what systems like Provas do is to really enable them. Because imagine the operations person going through 50 different Excel spreadsheets and different modeling and trying to figure out the head and tail of what the deal, how the deal should be structured. And it's an error-prone mechanism. You are going to miss out on a lot of things. But here, we actually allow you to say, okay, here are the different scenarios. The decision still has to be made by operations person or the CXO or whoever has to make. But at least we give them all of the analysis that otherwise just is not possible on an Excel basis. Is,
0: is this analysis also available in tandem to other deals and process? Like you, you've mentioned resources several times. My assumption is by the word resource, we're actually talking about individuals, right? The people who will yes. be in, implementing these services, um, software developers, um, whatever yeah. it yeah. might be. Um, and so let's say we've got, you know, 10 deals in the pipeline and we're talking through things and we know that, like you had mentioned, um, $300 an hour versus $200 or whatever. Are, are, is it able to get that granular and talk about individuals and resources and who you might have in the pool, who you might have on the bench, what you've got coming in the pipeline and help you say that, you know, prospect. A is going to be in your best interest versus prospect B. Focus on this one. I mean, how does that look with all of these moving components, right? Oh no, that resource has now been assigned to a client. Um, we've got to re- rework this. Like,
1: yeah. That, that's a great question, Kim, My one of my favorites. So I earlier I talked about our integration with the PSA tools, right? Which is where the allocation of those resources for those projects happen. So now this is another place where we actually, you know, bring all of that data back and do several things. The, the couple of things that I want to mention is at a deal level you would be able to analyze and say okay for a particular deal if you need a project manager and a solution architect and you know let's say 25 developers and you know 15 uh, quality engineers and stuff like that or any kind of resources for that matter depending on whether you are a consulting services company asset-based services company uh you know a transportation logistics services company or pharmaceutical company right uh any any of those services this is applicable which is I want to know, you know, I'm positioning the deal to start, let's say, from 1st of May. But, you know, do I even have resources available, right? Do I want to commit to 1st of May start date, right? And you don't want to wait till the deal is sold and then go back to the customer and say, oops, sorry, right? Um, so so that's one part. But then at, at a, if I'm a CXO or if I'm, I'm heading a region, uh, you know, for a particular company, I want to know what are all of the deals in play right? And what kind of resources that we are ready to commit? And what kind of margins and scenarios are being played out? Because deal by deal, absolutely, you got it. But, but for a decision maker, hey, you know, I have... 25 deals in play I don't have resources which are the deals that I should delay which are the deals where I should push for higher margins which are the deals where you know it just doesn't make sense for us to do it right now so that's also where the AI comes in and and basically helps you saying that hey here are all the 25 deals and here is how you would rate it how you would risk it here is where the availability is here is where you can push the margins and so on and so forth
0: Makes a lot of sense. And particularly as most companies, as we grow and we get more and more global, and there's different business units where you're um in some ways, I think working individually, but at the same time wanting to be able to take advantage and and work, you know, more unified.
2: It it makes a lot, a lot of sense. This is this is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yes, your journey, the service that you're providing. I'm curious. Uh, we're in the final minutes of the show. So the last question will be, what are your words of wisdom? You said that, for example, for those who want to start this entrepreneurial journey, what would you recommend them? Because you said that it's not just having a great idea, it's to see what's next. What else could you share?
1: Yeah, I, I think, you know, words of wisdom is uh, is multifold, right? One is, I think... Um, it, it, the early validation of your idea is important, right? I mean, a lot of entrepreneurs have a lot of ideas and I think all the ideas are great, uh, but at the same time, if you want to build a business on those ideas, then I think early validations with the customers uh, is important. And in that regard, it's not just the validation, but the key question is, would you pay for this? And how much would you pay for this, right? <laughs> and that, usually we we shy away from those questions, but those are you know really important questions uh, early on to ask. Because um, the idea may be great, your solution may be great, but if customers don't see themselves paying for their solutions, then you know, you're not going to be able to build uh, the business around it. I think the second word of biz- wisdom is, um, is, is really, I think especially if you're doing a B2B enterprise solution like ours, right? I'm not speaking for B2C and, and some of the other domains. I'm not expert at that. But when you are, when you are uh, solving a complex business problem for enterprises, I think the domain knowledge is absolute of absolute paramount, right? And so as a founder, as a founding team, uh, as as you are building your early, you know, uh, team members, I think it's extremely critical to keep in mind that, you know, it's, it's everything revolves around the domain, especially when you deal with enterprises. And domain is how you establish your thought leadership. Domain is how you establish your credibility with your customers. Domain is how you get them to talk to you and take you seriously. But if you don't have any of those, then, you know, it just, yet another solution, which is more of a technical solution, and and you don't really have meaningful conversations with these enterprises uh, early on, right? So so that would be my second word of wisdom.
0: That's really smart. I'm curious, you as an individual, how do you keep up with your domain knowledge? Like what might be some of your routines, your go-to sources? What has worked for you um, to become experts other than, you know, just living life and,
1: you know, hard knocks <laughs>
0: and, and whatever that might be. But do you have anything, any methods or anything that you'd like to share?
1: Yeah, I, I think, you know, I mean, some at some point in time, you have to get started like 20 years ago, 21 years ago, I started with the quote to cash, uh, not knowing that this will become code to cash. But once you do... I think the number one source of inspiration is your customers, right? Once you start talking to the customers and prospect, and if you're really good at listening, I think they are the primary source of inspiration. That's something that, you know, uh, we we encourage everyone in our teams to listen to the customers, attend the demos, all that stuff, right? Because they they are living... Uh, and breathing that problem day in day out and that's what we are trying to solve for so so they give you a lot of insights the, the second is really you know when it comes to code to cash for example there are so many good leaders out there and you know thanks to uh, platforms like yourselves there are so many podcasts there are so many you know uh, places where you can go and read about that or listen to that and all that stuff so that's another source and and the third is really Uh, As you are implementing your solution, you know, uh, trying to see what's around it and what are the problems that business processes are, you know, kind of uh, facing and what can you do about those business processes, because at the end of the day, it's all about the customers, it's all about the users and making that entire process transformation easy for these users and customers and and so if you keep that in mind i think the the domain and you know uh the the solution starts to kind of trickle in in terms of what what's the right path forward
0: awesome thank you so much for your time today Mahesh. your words of wisdom introducing your very cool platform and tooling with us i think it makes a lot of sense uh as companies get bigger, as companies get more global. And I think this is another case where it's just helping people do their jobs better to do to to be able to do more um, with less, you know, and and not have to fear some of these bandwidth issues, or even having to limit yourselves on what types of companies you might and want to be doing business with, because you've got a tool to help a lot with that analysis. It's absolutely fantastic. We wish you and Probus nothing but success. Two years in, here's to two and 20 more. <laughs> Good luck to, <laughs> to to you for sure. Um, thank stick- you so much. You're welcome. Stick around for just a moment as we go off air, but we, before we do go off air, we'd like to remind our viewers that we do not have it's Thursday so no Friday shows on the regular. But we do have our recap show next week. Um we will talk about Mahesh's show as well as Chris's show yesterday, give you our thoughts on that and share what we, what we've got coming up. Uh, the week following as well Um, be sure to follow us dojo.live check out all of our shows 500 plus really great ones like Mahesh's and more on the site thank you all and have a great rest of your day and a great holiday weekend bye for now (laughs) check out past episodes transcripts blogs and more on our website dojo.nearsoft.com